to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, which is us, which is uh, his people, so that we might receive the promise. And that's what I want to, um, I want to talk about today. Um, I had a couple of different titles for, for my message and, and Good Friday message. And, you know, you go through the whole thing of, well, it's Good Friday. Do I read, do I read the story of where Jesus was hanging? Do I do the, do the murderer? Do I do the, you know, you, know the, you know the rub, you know how it works. And I really felt like and our theme for this Easter is, is called The Promise. And I really felt that today was about the promise being fulfilled. You know, that we've seen fulfillment of, of the promise and that was one of my titles. And the other one was like an undeserved reward, an undeserved gift or an undeserved privilege or whatever you want to do. And I was just thinking about that for myself. And I, um, I, I remember the, um, the very, very first time, and those of you that fly a little bit would, would, would understand this, but the, I remember the very, very first time I got an upgrade to business class. Who's, who's ever been upgraded to business class? And it's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, I, I remember the very, very first time that it happened to me and I, was, I had been working in Thailand with a team up in the north of Thailand and I'd taken a little plane to fly down to Bangkok but I was way too early for my flight and um, it was going to be a, I don't know, I think it was Thai anyway, back to, we were living in Europe then, back to Amsterdam and, and so I went upstairs to this place and I, I sat and um, I was really tired and I sat and read a little bit and I snoozed a little bit, I kind of fell asleep a bit and I read some more, and I really got into this mystery, this 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 um, uh, novel. I, I kind of like um, um, anyway. It doesn't matter. I like crime and <laughs> crime and, and and kind of you know and and you know the John Grisham thing where you just can't stop reading because you need to know who did it, you know. And I'm reading, 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 and I looked at the time to my horror. I had I was really late, and so I ran down to the check-in desk. And I was just kind of like, I'd been lazy and it was my fault. And I, but I was kind of a bit annoyed because when I flew, I, I liked the idea of flying close to the front of the plane on an aisle somewhere. And um, I'm a bit um, OCD, so I have these ideas of how I want to do things. And I just, I stood in the line to, to check in and the line was there. And to my dismay, there was no one else behind me for the whole check-in procedure. So what that told me was I was pretty much last. So I figured I was going to be in the back of the plane somewhere next to the toilet when the chicken ran out and there was only the beef left and the meal options. You know how that goes, you know. And I get to the front and there's this little Thai lady doing a check-in. And I said, look, you know, in futility, and I sort of said, I was kind of hoping for a seat towards the front, you know, in an aisle somewhere and thinking, this is stupid. And she'd already printed the boarding pass. So she said nothing to me and just tore up the boarding pass and printed another one and gave it to me. And she said, oh, this one is... Um, this one's in business. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, I seriously couldn't. And you should have seen me. I sat in this business class seat with my hand luggage on my lap because any minute I thought the lady was going to come, excuse me, sir, this has been a mistake, you know. <laughs> you know how that works? But the whole, you know, and I, <laughs> I promised God that I would witness to the person sitting next to me. I did all sorts of stuff, you know. He was Chinese, didn't speak a word of English. So I figured I was released, so... <laughs> But you know what, the, the lingering feeling I had was that I didn't deserve that. That was my fault that I'd gotten last and, and, and I'd been lazy and I should have checked in earlier and, and I was a bit annoyed and I really had this sense that this was an amazing gift that I hadn't deserved. I hadn't paid for it because, you know, I kind of knew a little bit of what a business class ticket was, was worth and that sort of stuff. So, 
You know, when I was thinking of an undeserved reward, that came to mind. And today is this, this undeserved reward that we have. You know, often Good Friday is, is seen as a really sombre day, a, you know, a bit of a sad day and one that should fill us with sadness and we probably shouldn't laugh and, and, and smile too much. I can remember when we lived in Holland, some of the churches we went to, they took it really seriously, and, which they should. And in many ways that is appropriate and, and because today we, we do remember that Jesus suffered a cruel death at the hands of, of wicked people. It was hard. It was incredibly hard, something that we would probably um, never want to or even imagine going through. And it was painful, it was wrong, and it was evil. And that's all true. Yet whilst we, we can and should feel the impact of that and feel the sadness and, and, and the shame and, and the sorrow because it was really our sin that, that, that led Jesus there, we know that. There's also a real sense, a real sense today that, that we should feel relief, that we should feel joy, that we should even celebrate, that we can feel incredibly privileged and incredibly honoured and incredibly loved that, that this was done for us. And that we'd recognise that we are recipients of this great gift, we're the beneficiaries of this promise that God made that we would be his people and that he kept it and that we are the receivers of that reward that that when we when we remember today when we think about what Jesus did today we're reminded that that was for us that that we've received that reward you see as, as I said this Easter we're, we're focusing on the promise and Glenn's going to talk on Sunday on on the promise as well God's promises that, that, are, that are reliable, that, that are solid, that, that are true. And um, we believe that Easter is this fantastic display of that, of God's promises, starting with today. You know, we just finished this series in our church. We started at the start of the year. We just, Joel wound up the series last week, Faithful to the Promise. And we were focusing on Genesis 12 to 50, where you see all these, the men of faith. You see, you know, Abraham and Joshua and Joseph and... and um, just how God was so faithful to his people, uh, despite who they were and, and how he came through, despite their actions and, and despite their lives. And, 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 and our focus was to look at how great God was and, and how faithful God was to his, promise, to his promises to them. But that also if we looked, we would see that the same was true for us. If we had a good look, we would see that that, that was true for us too, that, that God was faithful to his promise to us. And I don't know if you remember, but one of those messages was when God made this covenant with Abraham, a promise. A covenant was kind of like a promise. So, you know, maybe you remember it. And, and I wasn't here that day, but I know Glenn spoke on it. It's in Genesis 15. And it's where Abraham, he, he, you know, you'll remember this. He goes out on God's instructions. He gets a cow and a goat and a ram and a dove and a pigeon. And the cow and the goat and the ram, he, he cuts them in two and he lays them out. Anyone remember that message? Who was here for that message? Well, you might have read it before. Yeah, Glenn was here. You said it, you know. There wasn't many people here. There's only three or four hands, Glenn. They weren't really listening, you know. But he he cuts, under God's instructions, he cuts the body of of the larger animals and he lays them out. And then evening comes and God shows up. And I just want to read little bits of that in Genesis 15, if I can um, grab it quickly here. And just to remind you of what what happened. So... um, 
And, and God had made these promises to Abraham that, that, that he was going to be blessed and that he, there was going to be nations that came out of him and that, that all, everything was going to be all right, that he would be faithful to his promises. And God says, and Abraham says in Genesis 15 verse 8, he says, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of this promised land? The promise was, I'm going to bring you to a land where you'll be my people and, and uh, you know, where you can rest and the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat and a ram, and each three years old, along with a dove and a pigeon. So Abraham brought all of these to him. He cut them in two and he, he arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he didn't cut in half. And then these birds of prey came down to try to get the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. And then we jump to verse 17, where when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. This was the representation of God. This was God passing between the pieces. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and he said, To your descendants I give this land from the Wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Kedmah, all those ites and um, and so on. And, and you saw in our reading where there was a reminder of that, that promise that God made. You know, God um, got down and said to Abraham, I'm going to make a promise. Uh, they called it a covenant. I'm going to make a promise. And, and you might remember that. And then Glenn would have said a whole lot more about it. And just, just so that you're clear, that's how promises were made then. That's how contracts or covenants were made in those days rather than, you know, didn't have printers and they didn't have Windows 10. Um, what they did is, you know, think things like contracts, business contracts or, or even weddings. Um, think things like vows and, and commitments. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. They would do that. They would, they would grab an animal, they would sacrifice it, cut it in half, and they'd walk through that together and they'd say, you know, we're, we're making this contract together. Just like these animals are cut in two, these bodies are broken so shall it be with me if I don't keep the promise that I just made with you. And so shall it be with you if you don't keep the promise that you made, and it was normally between humans. Now, God said in this thing, he said, I will make you my people. I'm going to take you to the promised land. I'm going to make you blessed. You will be mine. And by walking through these broken, sacrificed bodies, I'm saying, Abraham, I'm saying if I don't keep that promise... The same as humans, if I don't keep that promise, so shall it be. With, and you, Abraham, if you don't keep that promise, and that's where it gets different for a minute. Because God knew that Abraham wouldn't. And God knew that Abraham couldn't. In fact, God had a plan. And it goes like this. And if you don't, Abraham, because I know you won't, and I know you can't, and your offspring for generations, which is us, won't and can't, instead of your body being broken and sacrificed, which would be the only right and normal way in a contract in those days, I will provide the sacrifice for the broken promises, Jesus Christ, his son. Jesus Christ would take the place of us. He would become the price of our disobedience, of our unfaithfulness, of our sin, and inability to keep the promises, the covenant with God. God wouldn't rescind his covenant. And in humans, you know, when someone failed and, and their body was broken, the covenant was over. God would not rescind his promise to bring us home because we couldn't keep the covenant. 
because we couldn't be and behave like his children, like people that were going to the promised land, like people that were blessed and that represented him. Unlike any human contract or covenant, he would sacrifice himself so that we could be recipients of that promise and become citizens of the promised land. Totally undeserved. We get to live in the promised land. We get to, you know, the, the Abraham heard that his descendants would, would go to the promised land. They would, they would get to be there. Totally undeserved. They would get lucky. We get to go to the promised land. We get to go and live with, with the Father and the Son. We get to li- live in heaven in eternity. And I was thinking of that, this whole idea of going to, to live somewhere when we really don't deserve it. I, again, I was, I was reminded of something that happened recently. And I, last week I got back from Uganda. And, and um, one of the things I did in Uganda, I spent a little bit of time with um, a couple of our older children. Some of our children have gotten to the age now where they're starting to do a university or training, um, training for skill. And, and one of our um, girls has already done the first diploma in, in hotel management, etc., I'm sitting and talking with them, and at the same time I'm asking them, because we had a team from Trinity Grammar coming that wanted to go to the slums, to visit the slums, where our kids came from. So I'm talking to them, I'm saying, would you, would you take them, would you go with them to translate, would you go with them into the slum and, 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 tour, and take them in there to meet the, the people that live there? And as we were talking, they were really excited, they said, we'd love to do that, and they've done that before. But one of them said... Um, Brenda said, she says, you know, it's amazing when we go there. She says, because I can't understand how come I got so lucky. How come I get to live here, to have an education, to train? And some people are still there that I know that didn't get that. I can't believe. She said, I didn't deserve it. I'm no different than them. I can't believe. You know, I thought of that when I was doing this. You know, we get to live in the promised land. We get to, you know, we get the, the, we get to be the recipients of that faithful promise. It's totally undeserved. Brenda did nothing. Winnie did nothing. Do you know what I mean? And of course, we live in a, a promised land already, kind of almost, with, with you know, Australia and the Western Melbourne, but there's a greater promise coming, and it's totally undeserved. And that was God said. God said, I'm not going to... Pro- I'm going to keep my promise. Of course, it's a contract, and something has, the body had to be broken, but it's going to be me. So, can you see that today, Good Friday, Jesus' death on the cross, is God keeping his promise? Can can you see that? Can you see that that's God keeping his covenant with us? That that this is something that we should be, wow, that's amazing. I am so thankful and I'm so honoured and so privileged. Can you feel how incredibly privileged and honoured we are? Can Can you see how faithful and reliable God and his promises are? And can you see that today is actually a celebration? When you think of it like that. You see, as we sit here, we don't deserve this. We look at what Jesus did and, and you know, um, and we, we sang about it and the words of the song, we, we understand what Jesus did. We don't deserve this. We, we messed up. We messed up. We mess up and we will mess up. That's true for me and I'm guessing it might be true for you as well. Yet because of what Jesus did, we're called sons and daughters of the living God, even, even, even though I've messed up. But because of what Jesus did, he, he sees me as someone he's taking to be his own, heading for eternity in heaven. Not because we kept our side of the contract or covenant, but because God kept his. But wait, 
not even just his, he kept ours too. How amazing is that? You know, I often feel not good enough. I feel too sinful, you know, not worthy. You know, if you knew some of the things that went through my mind, if you knew some of the things in my history, or if you, you know, the rub, we've heard that before. I, I, I don't feel good enough, and it's actually true. But I'm God's because God was good enough. That Jesus' death was good enough. That it was enough. You know, in this Easter, we want, we want to see, and we want you to see as our church community, that it wasn't just the people of old. Yeah, we preached through Genesis 12 and 50 and the, the Jews, you know, they were, they were so lucky. God was so faithful to them. But it wasn't just the Jews who would be the beneficiaries of God's promise. But we are too. You and I are too. And just as much and in just as radical way. Even if you don't feel worthy or we don't feel worthy or we don't think we are and we actually aren't, we've received an undeserved gift. And not just any gift or a bit of a gift, or not just an upgrade to a business class seat, the very best gift. Now, I was reading another story this week, and just one little not a short story. There was a, a, a priest that had died who had been a, a teacher for, for many, many years, a loved, and, and at his funeral, someone got up and shared. He was a student of this, and he said, you know, this guy was amazing. He taught me something really, he said, because one time I took a test or I had to finish and I got an F, and if I came home with an F, that was the end of, of you know, my parents would, would cut off my... And anyway, it was, was quite dramatic for him to come home with an F. So he went to this priest and he begged him, please, can you make it a D? And he explained the whole thing, tears in his eyes, and he explained, he said, you know, you need to do me a favour. I know I don't deserve it. I need this. Can you please make this a D? Because if you make it a D, at least it's a pass, and, and you, you, this is what's going to happen to me. And the priest said, look, I'm not going to give you a D. I can't give you a D. I'm going to give you an A. He said, because if I'm going to give you an undeserved gift, I might as well give you the best one. So you know, that's what it's like. You know, we've received an A. How good is it to know that we're recipients of not just any gift but the best? You know, today, if you get a chance, and I know our lives get busy and stuff goes on, but if you get a chance, ponder that. Think about it. And today, if that's news for you, or if it's new to you, believe it and embrace it. Come and talk to us about it. Today, celebrate that you and I are so loved, so wanted, that God put himself to death so that we could live. How amazing is that? God, thanks for the opportunity just to, to be reminded of your word this morning, just to be reminded of how great you are and what a privileged position that we're in. You know, we don't live like privileged people. We live life and we think we've got this and, and we want to do it our way and who wants you to control our life, etc., etc. But, you know, we're pretty privileged. You're amazingly faithful to your promises. You love us even when we don't return it. Lord, your word says that even while we were still sinning, you were willing to die for us. And I guess I don't always appreciate the impact of that, and we don't always, but Lord, I pray that today that we would get a moment just to ponder the special, yeah, how special that is, what that means, Jesus, that, that you would 
be the deliverer of the promise that you would give us that undeserved gift of eternal life and we are so thankful for it lord and i pray that we would just not only be thankful for it that we want to share it with many other people in jesus name amen you know in our church uh, and as followers of jesus we celebrate that gift of course we do it on good friday and, and again at easter there's the you know but not just at easter we remember that Jesus' body was broken because it reminds us of how much he loves us and how great the gift was. And so we celebrate Lord's Supper. That's what Lord's Supper is about. We celebrate Lord's Supper just to remember that, that Jesus' death was for us, that, that Jesus' body was broken. And we use that language, you know, Jesus used that language, my body broken for you. And that language wasn't just flippant or it wasn't just that's how they spoke back then. That was really important to know that he understood that his body was being broken, that he was the, the result of a broken covenant being fulfilled and that he was repairing that for us. And that's why we remember Lord's Supper. We remember it and we celebrate it because it's a good thing. It means again that this is that undeserved gift that God gave us. And we celebrate it together. We do it as a group. You know, we don't go home and do it just privately in our room, in our quiet time. We do it as a, as a community because we know that it's important for us to testify of that to each other, to understand that that's what God did. This is where Jesus himself said, my body broken for you, the promise being lived out. Today of all days, it's a good day to celebrate that together as a community. And so we're going to do that. If you know that, if you're sitting here, if you know that, if you know that Jesus died for your sins, if you know that what we're talking about today, if you know that you are a recipient of that promise, that, you, that, that you've received that gift, that undeserved gift, and if you believe that was for you and you've chosen to belong to him, you're invited to celebrate with us today, to remember with us, to reflect upon the actions of Jesus for our sake. You know, Jesus, and, and we read in the Word, Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, he was, he was sitting with the disciples and, and they were having supper and, and he took bread at a certain point. He took the bread and, and when he'd given thanks and he'd given thanks for what they received, he, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he, um, after the, the supper, after they had the bread, he took the cup and, and um, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink in remembrance of me. You know, when you, when you think of this, guys, when you, when you pour the wine, do this in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Now, that sounds really weird. Sometimes I think of that language and think, you know, you proclaim the Lord's death. Maybe that is old language. It's you're proclaiming it to yourself. You're remembering that Jesus died. You're proclaiming it to each other. This is what Jesus did for you. How special are you? How privileged are you? How, how amazing is it that God would do that for you? So when we do this together, we're saying that to each other. This, this is amazing. You know, today, you know, I'm reminded and I want to remind you that Jesus died for you, that, that you received an undeserved gift, that, that you're going to the promised land with me and with us. We do this as a community, and that's what we do together. So we're going to celebrate that together. And we do this to remember that Jesus is the one who took our sin and our disobedience on him so that God's covenant with us would remain intact. We do this to remember that Jesus is the reason that we can look forward to life with him in eternity. 
and not suffer the effects of our sin. We do this to remember that Jesus is the only one who could have done that. The only one. Being sinless himself and fully satisfying the Father's just judgment. And we do this to remember that Jesus is the one who rose up on the third day and that's coming. Donna said that Sunday's coming and Glenn's coming with that one. And he defeated once and for all the power that sin had and has on us. So at this celebration, that's what we're going to share. We're recipients of the promise, His grace. We're saved from sin. And we share in the victory of, of Jesus. So I'm going to pray. And while I'm praying, I'm going to ask the elders to come forward. And um, we're going to celebrate with you. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that we get to think of how you sent your son Jesus. We get to be reminded of what happened and we get to remind each other. Lord, as we do this now, I pray that we would be reminded of that, that we would remind each other, that we would uh, be happy to remind each other and excited to remind each other of just how privileged we are, how honoured we are to belong to you. And Lord, we pray that you would do a work in our heart through your Holy Spirit, that that would impact us in a way that lifts our eyes to you and off of ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. So come on forward. There'll be two stations here where you can grab and then go back to your seats with the, with the elements and then um, we'll celebrate this together. Eat, remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given and broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. And the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Take it, drink, remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete, total forgiveness of all our sins. 